With Miami Dolphins training camp in full swing, there are no shortage of storylines as the Dolphins wrapped their first public practice of 2023. Talk about everything you need to know here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. Today is Sunday, July 30th, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting with John Marino. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I want to give a special shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis here today on the show. It's training camp. Not only is it training camp, I was at training camp. Not only was I at training camp, we heard from a pro football Hall of Famer today ahead of practice. We had thousands of Dolphins fans in attendance. The Dolphins opened up the downfield passing and got a couple of shots downfield today. There's a lot uh, of storylines. Of course, there's also some player transactions in the news as well for the Miami Dolphins. So, Let's get as much ground as we possibly can covered here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, starting with Zach Thomas. Uh, Zach Thomas was made available to the media scrum uh, before practice started and spoke very candidly about his career, spoke very candidly about the Hall of Fame induction process, uh, spoke about this current iteration of the football team, and there's a lot that stood out to me. Uh, listening to Zach talk. It was the first time I'd ever encountered Zach in person. And uh, listening to him talk in a media room filled with a bunch of guys on the beat that have known Zach since he was a player and in, in this journey for him. And um, I, I think the thing that stood out the most for me with Zach is there is an incredible story to tell about the timing of everything that happened for Zach Thomas as a player who was undersized in high school, goes to Texas tech, uh, gets drafted late in the draft, uh, has the team bring in a veteran linebacker in Jack Del Rio to start over him. And Jimmy Johnson being the head coach, seeing what he saw in Zach and then making that transition for him to be the starting linebacker very rapidly, him becoming a dad and that timing, not lining up with his, playing days and how he's thankful for that because he wouldn't have had time to be present for his kid. It was really impressive to hear Zach's big picture perspective on his hall of fame career and talk about um, celebrating that win and deserving to be here, not because of Zach Thomas, but deserving to be here because of all of the people around Zach Thomas that put him in a position to have a little bit of good fortune and be a in the right situation. And that's super relevant for, for just about every player in the league, right? It is your environment, being able to transcend your environment is not just as simple as, well, I'm an elite football player, I'm an elite film study or preparer. There's a lot more that goes into it. And Zach, as he gets ready to be immortalized in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, having that perspective, I, I thought, was, was really enlightening. And you listen to him talk and you listen to him talk about preparation film studies and he told these stories about um, getting up on on a third and short against the Colts and the first time he called out a Peyton Manning play in short yardage and uh, it it was if you have not seen 
any clips, search the internet for the clips of Zach Thomas talking before practice. And then we saw Zach Thomas after or at the beginning of practice, after his press availability, and he fired up the Dolphins fans. And if you were there and you listen to Zach Thomas do take the mic and get everybody ready to kick off practice for the first public practice, and you weren't ready to run through the nearest wall and Zach was done, I don't know what to tell you. He's got high expectations for this year's football team. Uh, he, he really believes in the group that is here. Uh, he believes in the coaching staff that is here. Uh, but he also said – both out on the field and in the press availability that the talent only puts you in position and you have a choice to make as a football team. And it's each individual player on a football team. And the choice is to stay committed to your process, eliminate the outside noise, unless you'd like to use it for fuel and be committed to eliminating the distractions to be focused on achieving that ultimate goal and and this team having that choice uh, it's going to be up to them how far they go I thought that was uh, pretty on the nose for this team obviously there's so much talent that has been allocated with this Dolphins football team but you still it's a decision to be great and Zach talked about that a little bit and I really loved that insight from him as well Um, the message that he shared Uh, I asked Jalen Phillips uh, after practice if Zach had shared any words with the team. And he said that message was consistent and that it was, it's up to you guys and and you guys have to be forged by fire and get yourselves in a position to have success by being committed to this daily process and making each other better and uh, embracing the workload that's going to be required. And I'm paraphrasing what Jalen said, but, um, I think that the presence of Zach, obviously, with him getting ready to to go up next weekend and get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, his presence being here at this kickoff to public practices, I think, is very cool because it's something that uh, was not an element of either of my first few years of, of attending Dolphins training camp. So it's a new layer was the Zach Thomas presence. And you very quickly, in, in being around Zach, get an understanding of why he was able to transcend kind of not being an ideal body type, right? Not being an ideal athlete to play linebacker, uh, not being the ideal stature. Uh, You you very quickly being around Zach, get the picture painted for you uh, of this is how this player went on to have this career because this is how he attacks the game of football. And if any of that can rub off onto this year's team, in its totality for all of the players on the team, uh, the Dolphins are going to have a chance to do something very, very unique, which we can only hope. Uh, We're going to continue talking about standout performers here next on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Want you to take your first swing over at FanDuel betting Major League Baseball, and you can get up to 10 times back on your first bet amount and bonus bets, up to $200 with our friends over at FanDuel. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose after your first bet. It's 200 that you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that is safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win at FanDuel, you get paid instantly. Um, there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today 
Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So, a lot of good performances today. Uh, first of all, we need to acknowledge Cater Kohu as the orange jersey, if we're doing orange jersey watch. Uh, I thought it would have been Christian Wilkins, but um, immediately after practice, I say Christian Wilkins had the best football practice I've ever seen from anybody ever. Um, but the follow-up, the immediate follow-up thought was Cater Kohu is an unbelievable talent for being a UDFA. What he looks like right now as a year-two player is a, a stunning development for this football team. And he was at it again today. Uh, the feet, the stickiness, the physicality and press. Uh, this, this is a really, really um, massive win for the Dolphins that, that he's a player that looks primed to not just tread water or not be kind of the same player he was last year, but to build on what he was last year and be an even better version of it this year. Uh, I think that that's a reasonable expectation for Cater Kohu based off of what he looks like in camp covering Tyreek Hill and Jalen Warren. It's, it, it is a sight to behold. So the orange jersey there was uh, very well-deserved. I thought he had another strong practice. Uh, the Dolphins kind of came out firing. Uh, they had Mike White take a deep shot on a corner to Jalen Waddle in an 11-on-11 period. Uh, Tua Valoa hit a deep shot on a deep post to Tyreek Hill uh, in the same period. They, they took some shots down the field kind of block stuff up, were able to, to push the ball vertically down the field, and I think they did a really nice job hitting on those throws. I know that was kind of one of the talking points of the early portions of, of training camp as well. There really haven't been a lot of big plays. Uh, there are not a lot of touchdowns. Uh, the, neither one of those two chunk plays would have been touchdowns. I think Tyreek probably would have got pushed out of bounds uh, in a live setting situation, and then Jalen Waddle uh, ended up going to the ground on his catch, but Mike White laid it out there beautifully, and we heard from Mike White after practice. I thought he was pretty insightful, uh, and we'll talk about that in segment three. Uh, but then, obviously, the, the Tyreek shot from from Tua uh, gets pushed out of bounds by Elijah Campbell. Speaking of Elijah Campbell, I think we have a really fascinating safety four competition that's taking place. Uh, Elijah Campbell has flashed in each of the first two practices that I have been down here making plays on the football. And this is a player who has a really, really strong special team resume. And if you're going to start stacking defensive upside onto that too, I, I think that really creates an intriguing player for the Dolphins in the absence of Jalen Ramsey until Jalen Ramsey is ready to come back and start playing football again. And he had a couple opportunities, four interceptions the last two days. He didn't close those opportunities, uh, but his hands have been on the football, and he's been in the right place. And that, in the midst of what else you're seeing from uh, Trey Williams, who's in a red jersey today, kind of just moving around. He looked like he's moving really well. What you have with, obviously, the safeties in front of those guys, with Javon Holland and Brandon Jones and Sean Elliott, I think that there's – there's a pleasant amount of depth. We didn't even mention Verone McKinley. Like, there's a pleasant amount of depth, not just at corner, but also at safety. Obviously, the Dolphins, it was announced yesterday, signed uh, Bengals veteran cornerback Eli Apple onto the squad. 
and he was a popular guy in the post-practice scrum to have the media get a hold of him and, and get a chance to talk with him about his decision to come join the Dolphins and, and play for this football team. But uh, Eli Apple got thrown out there today and thought he moved. He looked to be in pretty good shape for a guy who was not a part of mini camp or OTAs and, and had signed after the, the start of uh, training camp. There was one, one opportunity where he opened up his stride and he ran with Jalen down the field. And that was really impressive. The first, the first rep that he took in practice, he ended up running the route for the receiver on a comeback pattern and was very sticky, uh, did a really nice job of, of not grabbing and pulling, but was physical throughout the course of the route and had a, a nice flash in that regard. Obviously, the expectation for Eli Apple is a player who has been up and down historically throughout the course of his career. I'm still working on doing my film study of his play last year in Cincinnati, and we'll do another show on that because that's what we do here on Locked on Dolphins. But uh, uh, I thought for a guy who had just signed with the team, did a really nice job. Uh, practice today, getting involved, getting reps, getting opportunities, and, and looking physically the part of a guy that can move and play on the outside. Because I, I think ideally that's where Eli Apple would be best aligned to play. I think you have other players, whether they're in the safety room or the corner room, that probably have skill sets that you really get gravitated towards playing in the slot without Jalen Ramsey for the time being. Um so my expectation would be Eli Apple based off the film study that I've done, uh, knowing what we know about the rest of the Dolphins personnel is, is probably Eli Apple's going to be an outside corner for the Dolphins. The question is, is Cam Smith going to slam the door shut on a starting opportunity if the Dolphins want to play nickel and Cater Kohu ends up being the player that they, they want to move around? It's what training camp of the preseason is for, to find out what that best combination looks like. Uh, another personnel move, uh, we saw Isaiah Wynn activated off the PUP today uh, as well. So kind of getting another piece back where you can start to play that chemistry experiment. You know, right tackle, left guard, they're question marks, whether we like it or not. And I know nobody likes that there's still question marks, but what are your solutions, and, and can Isaiah Wynn be a part of that solution for either one of those two spots as a starter for this football team? I, my, my guess is yes, but um, didn't get too much of a chance to, to take him in uh, here today on this, ep or on, on this practice. One guy who was impossible to miss was Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips on the second play of the first practice got stepped on and missed a few days of practice, and I was back out there today. And the first time I noticed him, I'm like, oh, Jalen Phillips is back out there. That's nice. And then he promptly proceeded to have a tackle for loss. He had a pass batted down, would have had a sack. He probably would have had two sacks, if we're being honest. Uh, he was everywhere again, which is – was not a part of the 12-sack performance from the defense in practice on Saturday, and yet he comes back out on the field – and again, arguably looked like the best football player on the field for stretch for the Dolphins. So I think that's where you get really excited about this group and the potential that they have um, is just the amount of players that if their, their play does take another step forward, what you're going to be able to do. Um, I thought Tua threw the ball well. Um, he had they, they ended up doing a red zone 
11 on 11, like the 15 yard line. And he had two or three really nice touch throws in that area of the field, not the session that ended the practice, but a little earlier in the practice going into the other end zone towards the Baptist health facility. Um, one of which was a touch throw over the top of Cater Kohu to the back pylon uh, to Raheem Mostert. And uh, it's not, not a surprise to find out that two of throws with good touch, uh, but the ball placement was perfect. And there were a few guys that uh, separated in an earlier session when they were doing one-on-ones who, again, I, I thought the accuracy on the downfield throwing was on point today for the Dolphins quarterbacks for the most part. So I uh, like seeing the bounce back from the Dolphins offense in its totality in today's practice versus Saturday, which was kind of this tidal wave of pass rush uh, from start to finish. We are going to talk about some of the player availabilities. We heard from Mike White. We heard from Jalen Phillips. We heard from Eli Apple. We heard from Devon Chain and Savon Ahmed. Heard from a lot of guys. And we're going to talk about what stood out to me in those conversations here to bring this episode of Locked on Dolphins to a close. So I selfishly hung out at the Jalen Phillips availability when I saw that Phillips was coming in. And um, we started with Savan Ahmed and Devon A. Chain. And then Cam Smith came over and Jalen or Mike White came over and then Jalen Phillips came over. And I thought Mike had the the most uh, engaging press because he was asked about the big throw on the corner, and he talked about the concept that they ran. And based off of the coverage that that they got reading the outside corner, letting that ball go, uh, he talked about uh, the conversation to get him to sign with the Dolphins being kind of the the parallels. And the bones of the playbook in New York being the same bones and family of an offensive system. He talked a lot about the speed and it kind of got started when he was asked about the corner route that you just let rip out there and drop it in over the top. And there was a player in, in Waddle's hip pocket. And then the safety was also trying to come over the top of it and he put it over the outside shoulder and it was just a perfect spot. And, um, he talked about the speed of Jalen, and he said that's you know, with, with Jalen and Tyreek, really, you just can't – it's impossible to outthrow, overthrow those guys. So you just let it rip, and, and Jalen showed what he's really elite at with his ability to track the football. Um, but then he talked a little bit about – and because the family of the offense was the same last year, like studying – what the Dolphins were doing with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and how they were using motion and what the speed was allowing them to do with the depth of their targets. And he said, you know, we tried to replicate some of that on, on the practice team to get ready to play the, the Dolphins. And you, you just can't replicate. It is unreplicatable what they are able to do with the identity of this football team, these two speedy receivers that, that they can do so much with. So I thought that was really interesting to hear him talk about being on the other side of the fence with it, with New York, trying to pull things from that, and it, it just not working uh, because the there's an indefensible uh, component here that you can't coach, and it's the speed of the receivers. He also talked about meeting Zach Thomas, and he was asked about his first practice back home, uh, being a South Florida guy, and he's like, you know, that was me back in the day. I'd, I'd come to Broward, 
and or I'd come to Davy and I would watch practice. And if you, I got to meet Zach Thomas after practice. And if you told me, 12 year old me, that I was going to get a chance to meet Zach Thomas, uh, I, it would have been the best thing in the world. And so it was really cool to hear like his pathway to the NFL. He's entering into year six and where he's been and the opportunity to come play for this team and, and be the backup quarterback and compete for the backup quarterback job here. Obviously that, that he was pretty transparent about one of the things that I've learned is, is you just got to attack your process. So I think that the, the team seems to have a very good big picture perspective on everything that's going on. And, uh, just being focused on the process, which I know everybody wants to measure the success of this team by the results. And it will ultimately, the season will be defined as a success or failure on the results. Uh, but they are focused on the process. Um, and then Jalen Phillips, um, we had mentioned earlier, he had, had said what the, the sentiment that Zach Thomas had shared with the team of, of the opportunity that you have is really rooted in your choice of what you want this season to be. And uh, he, he talked a little bit about um, being back after missing a few days of practice. He was ready. He was hoping today was going to be a practice or a, a pads day. Tomorrow was first day of pads. He thought it was going to be today. So he's all amped up. Uh, he dropped a, I wish it were hotter in there. It was hot today. It, it had been fairly mild the first few days I've been down here, but it was hot yesterday or hot today. Um, and then I had asked him, uh, in addition, I had asked him about in this system if he feels as though there's more communication with the back end of the defense because he had alluded to, you know, so much of our success is it stems from the coverage in this scheme. And I had asked him, and from my understanding of the playbook, uh, some of your base personnel groups uh, that, that you're going to run here are going to involve your Sam or Will linebacker getting out into coverage. And I had kind of alluded and asked him, do you feel like there's more communication that's required between you guys and the, the coverage in, in some of your looks? And, and he said, there is so much communication going on in the back end that unless I'm involved in it, I'm glad I don't have to worry about it because like I, they're, they're, it's pretty complex and, and I'm paraphrasing Jalen there, but um that is kind of the MO of this scheme is that the tools that the secondary is given to check and leverage before the snap to make sure no matter whether you're given bunch sets or fast motion, or you're going to put your star receiver at three strong, whatever it is, the secondary is given tools to communicate and check and realign and re-leverage to make sure that offensive coordinators can't move a player around and catch you with your pants around your ankles. I mean, that, that's really at its at its core what this defense uh, does so effectively well is it gives the safeties an opportunity to uh, be the quarterback of the defense and, and in real time before the snap take the picture that the offense is giving you and then adjust your calls accordingly. So it was interesting to hear him talk about, you know, obviously it's always very important to have your front and your coverage matched. And, um, but, but just alluding to the amount of communication uh, and, and what that secondary, uh, it's the weight that it brings to, for the Dolphins to play complementary defensive football. 
We have practice again tomorrow. So I hope you plan accordingly and you plan to hit subscribe here on Locked on Dolphins. If I had to guess, it's Jalen Phillips in the orange jersey tomorrow. Uh, he was everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Uh, so that would be my guess is number 15 wears the orange jersey tomorrow. We'll see, we will see if that is the case. I will be there. So if you are planning on being at the Monday practice, please do not be afraid to come find me and say hello. Uh, I have you guys covered. I'll give you my perspective, my insights. It was a much healthier, more balanced day of practice as compared to Friday's um, pressure free-for-all. I, I definitely think the offense had its fair share of wins. The defense had its fair share of wins. You see the talent on the perimeter for this Dolphins team uh, offensively. Uh, I think you had a lot of guys who had success running routes and, and creating space. Uh, and, and that being something that's more robust throughout the depth chart is, of course, something that we're keeping a close watchful eye on. But right now I'm looking at that safety four spot. That is a spot where I am very intently watching to see if the trends we are getting are going to continue to play themselves out. It's a fascinating storyline. There's a bunch of them, and we'll have them all covered here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Fins up. Make it a great rest of your day. I'll be back to talk to you all again tomorrow.